Hello, welcome back to the Milk Road podcast. Uh, thanks for uh, checking in. And today I'm here with two very, uh, very interesting people. One you already know, a fellow director of mine uh, at Startup Tasmania, Paul Senos, and and a good friend of Paul. So I'm going to turn uh, I'm going to turn the mic over to Paul, and uh, and he can uh, introduce himself and and introduce his buddy. Uh, hi, Adam. Thanks for having me on again. Always a pleasure. Always great to be down here in Tasmania. And I uh, want to thank uh, Raj uh, for joining us as well. And uh, started out as a client, then as a colleague. And uh, now I, I consider him a close friend, even though we haven't gotten to see each other in quite a while. Uh, and uh, we, we got a chance to work on a a submission, the Cybersecurity 2020 submission, that, that seems like so long ago when we were meeting doing that. <laughs> we did. <laughs> yeah, we did. Thanks, Paul. Uh, but and, do you want to tell us a little bit about, about yourself and your origin story, Raj? Oh, definitely. And uh, thank, thanks, Adam, and thanks, Paul. And uh, I'm really excited to be here with you and uh, talking about uh, old tech in Australia and around the world. So um, a little bit about me is... Uh, Look, I'm, I work for Microsoft at this moment, and uh, previously I've worked for other companies, and for example, Cathay Pacific in Hong Kong, and I've worked for other companies in UK and US and India and other places. So I have been, you know, traveling around. One of my mentors used to call me a fugitive because I traveled so much. But that was just fun of having good mentors. And uh, yeah, so very excited to, to be here and talking to you. I think that's one of the uh, many things we all three of us likely have in common. They're all expats. We're all a little bit of fidgeters and spent, all spent a little time in Hong Kong and all uh, now now down here in Australia. True. Yeah. Hong Kong is great. <laughs> yeah, it is. It's uh, it's it's terrific uh, that we have that uh, uh, common ex uh, mutual experience. So, Paul, I think we had kicked off your idea that we would uh, that we would uh, talk together was you read an article in the AFR uh, put forward, I think, by one of the founders of Afterpay. I'm just going to Google it up right now. But the idea was that uh, Sydney uh, could and should be a, a tech hub. You want to kind of roll that out a little bit more and I'll search it online to, to pull it up? Yeah. Uh, so I, th I think this was after the uh, Afterpay uh, was offered to the, the buyout by uh, by Square, and the fact that quite a bit of capital is going to be flooding in here from uh, from that massive success story of Afterpay, and I think it's going to be a great opportunity for Australia to really be able to take the benefit of that that. Uh, flow of capital into Australia to invest into new startups. Uh, I think it's going to, I hope it's going to be a game changer for all of Australia and uh, fingers crossed. Correct. Yeah, I, I yeah. agree that um, the idea of, um, if I remember it correctly, Adam, the idea from yeah. Afterpay, the founder of the uh, founder of Afterpay was to create um, tech council and uh, the idea behind the Tech Council to have uh, Australia as the technology hub in Asia Pacific. Uh, Sydney, I, I think Sydney has already invested about $120 billion or something, or they are aiming to invest that kind of money. I don't recall it correctly, but I read it some time ago. And 
having a tech council here or the, even the idea of tech council is great because a lot of, as just Paul, you said, having all of that influx of money inside Australia that will not only um, help us grow this economy, but will also help uh, us help other countries which are in Asia, Asia Pacific. What do you think, Adam? Thank you. Yeah, thank you. I, that makes sense to me. And I think the, what's logical uh, to me, but maybe not other people, is that uh, with 51% of the Earth's population living in the time zone in which you, Paul, you and I uh, and Raj work every day, we're awake, that, uh, that you know, we have competitive access to customers that need uh online demand all the time. And as the economy matures, we're gonna see people thinking of Australia uh, in their daytime rather than waking up for, waiting for London to wake up or Silicon Valley to wake up. Do you, do you know what I mean when I say that? True, yes, yes, yeah. That's a very valid point, yeah. Mm. So I, I see it as a natural migration. The question is how long does it take? Uh, and like Paul's saying, this move by, um, by Square uh, actually injects a lot of, uh, of cash flow into the economy that will help accelerate that. That's what you're saying, no, Paul? Yeah, yeah, it is. Uh, you could, if you have all these millionaires that then need to put their, their capital somewhere, being able to, where are they going to look? Like, hopefully, into other startups and small businesses, high-growth businesses in, in uh, Australia and uh, ANZ. And you have that talent as well to go off and start uh, new startups coming out of, of these companies like, like Afterpay and like a, a few of the other, other unicorns that are down here. That's, that's true, Paul. And I think, uh, look, a massive opportunity is there. As Adam said, 50% of the, is it 50, 51% of the population, world population in the it's a big number. <laughs> it's a big number. Yes. Yeah. In the sa- yeah, almost yeah, the same yeah. time zone. And then we also have access to talent. So all the, most of the English speaking companies or other countries that are, that have massive pool of English speaking people um, like India and Philippines, Vietnam. Yeah. They are yeah. within, within hours of, of reach. So that is a great opportunity for us. Australia to consider to be the global tech hub. And of course, other countries, bigger bigger countries, which are growing, constantly growing on a massive growth path, including Indonesia, China, India, um, Vietnam, they will need tech support. Not only they will provide, but they will also, they will provide talent, but they will also need support from some, some country or a country which is right in the middle of two separate time zones, um, Western yeah. as well as yeah. Eastern. Yeah. So I was reading yeah, there's a yeah. massive opportunity for us. I was reading yesterday that the, uh, there has been, it's been the start of uh, Exodus out of Hong Kong as well, but the, the article that I was reading talked about how they were moving to Singapore, and which, it, which makes sense, but I, I would love to see Australia in a, a position to directly compete with Singapore for those those companies that are relocating for the the APAC global headquarters. How do you guys think that we can make 
Australia more competitive from your experience? Well, if, if I start, then uh, I would say we need to improve our internet because that's the biggest problem. Yeah? <laughs> Paul. Paul's got we a great do. story about that. But go ahead, Raj. Yeah, please. Yeah. yeah. Right. No, no, that, that was my, my first point. If we want to be yeah. the global tech hub, we will have to improve our internet services. We'll, we can't stay at um, um, the ranking beyond 50. I think this is, this is what some 68 or some other ranking that was there a few years ago. Is that right? Yeah. Yes, I, I saw it somewhere. And, I'm betting uh, hard on Starlink. Like uh, Elon Musk, I just need him to hook up Starlink and get it down here because I've given up on the rest of it. <laughs> yeah, right. So well, what was the story, Paul? Oh, I, I mean, when we were when we were trying to set up the Bernie Innovation Hub, it was three months of uh, just back and forth trying to get the NBN just simply to come out and hook it up. Like it's three months, and uh, and then we, we were on a local router. You were on a local router for a little while, and uh, and there was there was, there was some need for that local router. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I was uh, yeah. Business Northwest. Ian, uh, our, the president of Business Northwest, uh, had given us a, a little hotspot Telstra router that didn't work great because of the location, no, not great signal, but it was better than nothing, enough for about two computers. And he, he came by and had to take it away to, because he was running an event at the uh, RSL that the uh, prime minister ended up coming to. So I guess uh, the prime minister getting internet was a little more important than uh, the Bernie innovation of getting internet. <laughs> Look, all, all jokes apart, I think, um... Yes, it is a massive challenge for us. Other challenges that I see is access to, um, and, and, and internet is definitely a massive challenge because after COVID, many of us, or almost everyone, is working from home. A lot of startups yeah. start in the garage, right? And they will need good internet. People like yourself, may, many others who have entrepreneurial mindsets, we want to do things and everything relies on internet for us. So that's one challenge. Second is having access to uh, um, funding. I, I'm not sure how many uh, venture funds are available, how easily accessible those are, and um, how many entrepreneurs are actually able to get funding. So that's, that's another challenge that I see here. Yeah. 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 For sure. The um, yeah, the money, right? Like that's we saw that phenomenon in Silicon Valley, right, where uh, success begets success. And then I was back in the U.S. for a while, and I saw it even get outside of of Silicon Valley. And then uh, we saw uh, that happen in China with um, where Alibaba was based, right. When Alibaba became successful, you had all these little, um, uh, all these people became billionaires, and then they broke off and they formed all these little companies, right? Uh, so, yeah, we're starting to see. I think what you're saying is we're seeing that phenomenon start to maybe occur. So there's some tipping point um, uh, phenomenon in 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 Australia. Hopefully, is that is that not what you're saying? Correct. Yeah. So there are two points there, Adam. One is providing easy access to money to entrepreneurs. So, so far, that has been the trend that uh, 
many companies which try many startups we have only seen one or two unicorns here but now that we have um, we are we have companies which are talking about becoming uh, making australia a global tech hub of course that kind of information that kind of uh, initiatives will be there so you're right about the tipping point maybe we are very close to that tipping point do we have enough talent here do you think do we have the capabilities to have the the, the tech talent and do we have the, the skills for a robust uh, ecosystem of developers and cybersecurity professionals and everything else that goes into building that out? Oh, I've that's heard a... it's very difficult to find a developer these days. <laughs> <laughs> well, these days it's different. Look, I think uh, um, yes and no to your question. Yes, we have talent available. One reason for that is our immigration policy has supported technical, also all the tech people to come to Australia on um, skilled visas. So that that is a good thing that we allowed so far. COVID has impacted that thing. So I think it's hard to find good people now is because everyone is working somewhere and uh, there are, it's a supply and demand question. So I think we do have access to talent and during COVID period, it might be a bit difficult to get uh, immediately yes, someone very good. But uh, otherwise, uh, I think it's, it shouldn't be a problem. Yeah, it shouldn't be a problem. But, um, you know, we all came to Australia, I think, as foreigners. Is that wrong? No, that's not true. Yeah. So, you know, we all had that journey from north to south, if you will. We were all in Hong Kong or, or you know, uh, east or west of that. Uh, Raj, can you talk a little bit about your journey to Australia so I can learn a little bit about that? And, uh, you know, people who are listening might kind of learn from that and um, and what it was like when you got here and how it's changed? Right. Look, I would uh, start by telling you about Hong Kong journey. So uh, I was working in UK and then I got a phone call from someone in Hong Kong and they said, hey, we, we got a role here in one of the airlines. Now, Cathay Pacific has been my favorite airline for many, many years. So when I got the call, I thought, I'm sitting in the UK, someone calling from Hong Kong must be a spam or um, yeah, that kind of call. <laughs> yeah, but then I got more details. I found out that it was a legit role. And, um, and I would say when I went for interview to Cathay from London to Hong Kong, that was the best flight ever. Because I was treated, I was treated like a king there, and um, and I was. What year impressed. was that? What what year was that? Uh that was I think twenty ten. Okay. Yeah. So slightly over four years, I was in Hong Kong. Loved the country. Loved the place. And um, um, from Hong Kong, similar thing happened that I got a call from a mate uh, who happened to be a recruiter. He was looking for um, looking for someone in Australia, and he said, "Hey, I have a role. Would you be Would you consider Australia?" And I said, "Yeah, I have my PR and all." So when we when we were in Hong Kong, a lot of Australian friends said, uh, "Get a PR because it will at least give you access to Australia. You love traveling there." And um, so that was a good idea. I took a permanent residency, came over, uh, took that job. And um, uh, since 
since then, yeah, well, now uh, I'm an Australian citizen and love the place. So journey started with uh, a phone call and uh, a visit. So uh, the, from, from then I've done other jobs and uh, uh, I've worked as a consultant and advisor. And uh, now I work for uh, one of the most beautiful com- companies in the world. <laughs> Fair enough. That's a uh, that's a pretty fascinating journey in terms of uh, uh, moving from the UK to Hong Kong and then all the way down south to Australia. Um, uh, and I think we're talking about you know where Australia will ideally go to become a tech hub. How long do you think? What year or how long do you think it'll be before um, that happens? Like, what do you see? What do you see the evolution as being? When when I came from Hong Kong, I was uh, I was also attending some of their startup uh, startup events, and I was right. quite fascinated by how they actually uh, provided support, how the government provided support to entrepreneurs, and how um, uh, easy it was to either get a space or uh, funding or other kind of support from the government and other startup organizations in Hong Kong. I actually met just out of interest and I was uh, with a, a, another friend. I met someone who was a multimillionaire just looking for someone to fund. And I said, well, it is that easy there. It, at least it, it seemed that easy. I, I've never Australia. been in a place where money flowed so so easily. I've never experienced that before, except for maybe yeah. Vegas. <laughs> <laughs> oh, maybe well, Silicon what's funny Valley now. Well. Wait, uh, so just just hang on though, right? There's a lot of money flowing now uh, in terms of the government uh, handing money out, right? Like, it just isn't necessarily to the tech sector, but it's through JobKeeper and all this stuff. I mean, oh, in Australia, it's kind of, it, you're, yeah, you're talking about that kind of environment, but but focused on the tech sector. Is that a bad way to describe it, Raj? Um, talking about tech sector, if I understand your question correctly, um, mm. in Hong Kong or in uh, California where I lived previously, things mm. are, have been different because they not only allow, not only the, the government supports, but also the tech, tech businesses they support other entrepreneurs. They want to make money. They want to be successful. They want others to be successful and they want others to make money. Similar phenomena I see, I saw in Hong Kong, but I did not see when I arrived that in uh, yeah. in Australia. It's something that Adam and I talk about every time we see each yeah. other. It's the ecosystem. The ecosystem does- The culture, which like, it's the culture. Culture, the culture ecosystem, all about. of yeah. it. Yeah, startup ecosystem, correct. So we- Talking about I, the, I, I, how many, but, the, but, I, but sorry to interrupt. But you guys are talking about the the culture of being willing to bet on it, and Australia has not had that. Like the super funds and all these guys are like, we're going to put money in the VCs in Boston, and we're going to do this, but yeah. we are not going to bet on ourselves. Is that? I mean, <laughs> no. But you also, I think it's also you have this an industry or so many industries here that don't need it. You have massive mining companies and you have the employees that are working for them making a ton of money. You have construction workers or uh, maintenance workers that have amazing jobs here that 
make tons of money without any risk. So why take the risk without any support from the government? And why would the government support that when you don't need it? So it's, it's kind of a circular effect here that... I agree, man. You just described the problem. Do, do you see it differently, Raj? Do, do you think he just described the way things are, which is... or And I'm not saying they're not changing, but but that's called the Dutch disease, where you have so many natural resource assets. It's like... Why add value beyond that? Yeah, I see you shaking your head. Yeah. I, I think, think, yeah, I, I think uh, you're absolutely right. And that could have been where we were previously with mining and other industries. Now things mm. are changing, yeah? And COVID mm. might have been, um, unfortunately, it might have been a positive impact in, in this regard, in this regard, yeah? Mm. I, I see it as... Uh, now that uh, a lot of companies are becoming successful, uh, whether it is Afterpay or uh, Safety Culture or Canva and all of those uh, other uh, yeah. uh, other bigger companies, yeah, unicorns, if you call them, then true. And another point that you previously made was uh, success brings success. So in this case, mm-hmm. same entrepreneurs, same successful entrepreneurs are willing to make. Uh, Australia, the tech hub. So, I see that as the pivot. I see that as the as the as the point where, uh, yes, we are, we have started changing that culture. We are interested in bringing something new more than mining because we have had our time with mining, but now the tech is becoming quite prominent. We have uh, others who we can look up to. We have others who are ready to invest. And if you look at all the companies that are interested in making Australia as the global tech hub, including Microsoft, mm-hmm. I, I see that as a genuine uh, idea or uh, a genuine um, initiative. They are looking at it, making it up in 2025, I, I think. Years-wise, I think we still have a few years for that. And unfortunately, again, COVID's negative impact there, but... Um, uh, I wouldn't say that is not doable. Five to seven years, possible. I, I have hope too. I, I spoke with a guy named Steve Barnett from a company called Grease Boss. Uh, it's based up in Queensland. Um, uh, he reached out to Startup Tasmania and he was part of Y Combinator. Um, he, during COVID times, he, he did, applied because they were doing an online intake, got into it, raised some capital. And I th- think he said that he was the second Australian company that ever had gone through that Y Combinator. And mm-hmm. since then, and I apologize to Steve if I'm butchering the story, but since then, <laughs> which has only been a year, there, he, there's multiple more Australian companies that are now going through it. So that I don't know if it's because, you know, that Steve and whoever the other second company uh, reached out and now that Y Combinator sees this opportunity down here or because he was on the front of the wave that's coming. And I hope it's probably a little bit of both, but I, I hope it's because the wave's coming. Correct. Yeah. It could be the wave. Uh, wave is now coming. And as I said previously, we have the role models there. It might have taken them to open the doors um, and uh, take, might have taken them more time and force to open the doors, but now the doors are open for others. So maybe we have that opportunity now. 
Yeah, that I that that seems rational. Like uh, I finally found that article, uh, which is on the Australian. It says Silicon Valley tech giants eye Australian head office, and it reminds me that now we have the Tech Council of Australia. I think it's called right. Correct. So yeah. the, right, you know, so so now you've got people that have become billionaires uh, in this in this sector, and now they have. Um, they have the wherewithal to make bets themselves. Uh, and I think Paul and I even saw some, uh, one, of our, one, of, uh, one of our peers get funded by some of that early liquidity, but now we've got another liquidity injection uh, that's gonna probably, well, hopefully um, uh, make it so that um, it kind of can't be ignored and that there's some serious poker players at the table they're going to be betting on the Australian culture to be able to produce more people, especially as a multicultural uh, economy, right? Where, you know, we've got, uh, we've got a different um, uh, kind of um, uh, setup, I think, than the U.S. Is that, a, is that a bad way to describe it? What do you guys think? Well, actually, that's, that's a very interesting point, Adam, the multiculturalism. If you look at all the successful startup uh, nations, and there is even a book called Startup Nation, it's about Israel. And um, mm. if you look at all these successful startup places, they are multicultural. So mm. whether it's Israel, it's, it's multicultural in a different sense, but there are people from all, all over the world. If you look mm. at Silicon Valley, it's a massively multicultural, hugely multicultural. I used to work in the, the in, in, a, in a team, and my team had people from 17 different countries. Right. So that's a, glo that's a global mindset right there, right? Like it can correct. scale. Correct. It can easily scale. There is the diversity. And that's what um, makes any, any place successful. We have that opportunity here as well. We are multicultural. Melbourne is more multicultural. Um, that's maybe, maybe just my, my opinion. I see Melbourne, but overall Australia, very multicultural. And maybe that's taking one of the boxes for us that we can, we can become the global tech hub. And I have to say that Raj has been fighting the good fight for a long time. He, 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 has, uh, he had an NFC group and he, was, he used to put on a lot of meetups uh, in the technology conferences, space, <laughs> yes. conferences. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Right, Raj, you've been fighting the good fight for a long time. Correct, and that a lot of system going. Correct, a lot of them were free, and um, I'm, I'm glad that you spoke to some of those meetups. And uh, so far, Adam, just for your information, um, well, I have done more than hundred. I've organized more than hundred meetups. And really? that's, yeah, yeah, that's interesting. You get to wow. meet people, you, you stay connected with, uh, with the tech community, you learn a lot. So, uh, wow. yeah, oh, thanks for so what you got down call. here, Raj. Oh, no, I, I, I've been impressed <laughs> since I met you regarding, uh, regarding the amount of effort you, you've put in to really build it here. What was it like when you first got here 10 years ago or so? Um, it was, uh, if I just look at the tech, no, tech space. I was a bit disappointed because it didn't seem coming from coming from Hong Kong or having a taste of uh, the U.S., California, and all. 
Um, I was a, I was a little bit uh, taken aback that uh, we don't have the kind of ecosystem that we should have, the kind of opportunity we have. And um, yes, so honestly, I was a bit disappointed then when I came over. And that was the, I would say that was the main reason I started my own uh, networking groups, meetups and uh, conferences and all. And I got a lot of international speakers, uh, invited them and um, got support from and mostly the uh, sponsoring companies, which made it possible for me to invite international speakers. They were all, um, mostly they were outside of Australia. So companies coming from the US and, uh, and Israel and uh, Europe, India, those kind of places. So there is them, those companies sponsoring the tech events in Australia tells me that there is interest in coming to Australia. It's just that why? how we... But what, but what like, what are yeah. they thinking? Like why, you know, because Paul and I, um, like I'm from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania originally, Paul's from California, right? Um, and, uh, and we're trying to understand, I've been away so long that, uh, I kind of forget. I mean, I think that one of the challenges of coming to Australia is that the marketplace itself is pretty small. You can come here for the R and D grants you can come here for the talent, but, but the 25 million people are not going to globalize your product. It's about, it's about manufacturing in the time zone, I think, and, and it's almost like a test market. Is that wrong? Or why, why do you think, like, uh, you know, and I, and I, a long time ago, like I've been in, I've been in, you know, uh, in Asia a long time. Like I came in 93, right? And, uh, and in Singapore, I met people from Intel um, way back when. And the, the, the wife of the guy that worked for Intel was like, yeah, we lived in Sydney and we loved it. It was great. We're in the time zone. And then we shifted up to Singapore. And now it's really hot here, right? Like, yeah. You know, um, so why you, do you, you know that excuse that, you you just mentioned, Adam? I'm sorry to cut you off. And uh, no, no, I, 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 I'm please, yeah. I I hear that excuse. Oh, you know, Australia is too small. We have 25 million people. 20, right. How many people do you think are in Estonia? I don't know. Um, a million. 1.3. 1.3 million. That's it. Most of the countries right. of Europe are. are much much smaller than australia and Correct. yeah they have the global mm -hmm. the uh the land borders with with uh the rest of europe but i i don't mm -hmm. i don't believe that we have uh 25 million enough that's enough to to be a hub i hear you Correct. Look, I, yes. I, I, I won't argue that too much i guess what i'm trying to say or what i do believe given that's true right like you not only coming to australia do you get 25 million people that might be a valid marketplace. You also uh, have a pathway into, you know, fifty-one percent of the world's population. Right? Absolutely, right? And, and, and that's where and a lot of, yeah, right, and a lot of immigrants here that you can kind of test market and. So go ahead, Raj. Roll that out, please. No, no, no. So I was just adding to your point, and uh, sorry to interrupt there. No, no, um, please. I, I want to hear what you think. I'm talking. To yes. Um, I thought I was talking too much. Uh, <laughs> look, I, I think if any company thinks that it is a small marketplace and it can only be testing marketplace or test marketplace, then they they are uh, demonstrating some sort some sort of uh, narrow mindedness. This is the 
a stepping stone. This, yes, this could be a stepping stone. This is a small market. It, is, it appears to be a small marketplace, but this is the gateway, as you mentioned, to the 51% of the population of the world. Why we deserve to be the global technology hub is one is access to the 51% of the, the global population. Second, right. we yeah. are uh, we are a service, we can easily be the service country. We have the infrastructure available. We uh, have support from other bigger companies which, which have been, uh, which have opened the doors for others. And uh, we are, uh, we have the technology infrastructure support. So, so why not? Yeah. I like to say that we have a banking system. Uh, So we have a strong banking system. We have the the legal system that's made Hong Kong and the UK and the US strong. We have a diaspora that covers all countries within that 51% and even larger. we're in the same time zone. What? Well, well, we have enough. <laughs> we, we, should be we, can, we can definitely make things easier for others. So instead of the mining hub, we deserve to be the technology hub because we, we have everything that makes a country successful as the service country. We can easily provide because we have an infrastructure, we have the technology, we have the the language we have the diaspora we have uh, support from other countries so why not I, I, that that makes sense i i want i would add to that in terms of saying we also have the actual industries themselves like you know the mining sector uh, i'm surprised that there hasn't been more uh, technology add-ons which is what that uh, that y combinator group did no Response. oh you know that story yeah. Right, Grease Boss, like that was a mining guy. And he was like, there's a problem I solved and he started the company, right? And Raj, for some background, it's a a greasing tool that Mm -hmm. that every machine needs. You need to have your joints greased and he put sensors on it. So you know exactly when you're, how much greasing your machines needed so you don't have waste. You know, the last time they were, you can see the analytics on it. And if you have a mass, if you have a fear mine company with all these massive machines, if one of them breaks down because it hasn't been greased yet, how much time and lost profit is that? It's such a correct, it's so simple, yeah. but so important. It's brilliant. Yeah. <laughs> yes, yeah, it is brilliant. Wow. Yeah, yeah. But I, I think that that so we all agree that this is a great. This Australia could be the hub. What are we missing? Oh, we we said capital before. We said internet. Is that all we need? No, Raj. What do you think? <laughs> Oh, that's a difficult question, actually. So well, we have already answered a lot of things. Um, but I think education is another thing. So maybe you start up education. Maybe you start with, with the schools. And, uh, and, right. and, and uh, because if you look at the, the barefoot investor, and, and I forgot the name of the gentleman. It's a brilliant book, yeah? And... Yeah. Uh, he, his book was successful, even though when you look at, if I look at that book, I say, hey, I'm, I'm aware of these things, I'm doing it. But then the 1 million, more than 1 million Australians have bought that book because looks like financial literacy is not very commonplace here. That's one thing. Uh, 
Second is, do we really teach our kids to be financial, financially free by taking on the entrepreneurial journey? Are we talking about that? Maybe we don't. So education at the right time, engaging people at the right level, we, we are not too advanced when it comes to STEM. And we are, uh, so science and technology and engineering, mathematics, we have now started encouraging our girls and females, women, to, uh, to take on the STEM path. So mm. once we do that, who says that it's only the, the men? Look at Canva, yeah? Successful because, because of the grit of a girl, yeah? So I have I a think, question for you both as, uh, yeah. as you're both parents with kids that have gone through school in, in Australia. Mm-hmm. I've never thought about this before, but I, I went to a public school in Southern California, public high school in Southern California, in a not affluent area at all. Um, it, my family raised sheep. And in my high school, I, I took a programming class, a visual basic class, and I took a biotechnology class where we were uh doing, putting in the, I can't remember the name of the tool, but doing the, D, the DNA sequencing. And I just took that for granted in my, my quasi uh, suburban rural high school. Mm-hmm. Is that something that's available for kids here in, in Australia when they're in high school? My son has just started high school, so I'm not sure whether um, that is still, that is available or not, but uh, he does seem to do a lot of experiments and not everything. So maybe things are changing. But this was early 2000s, to... like very early 2000s, <laughs> 20 years ago. My experience is that Australian uh, school system, education system, you know, is obviously got a public and a private component, but uh, both sides of it are, um, are very sports curriculum oriented. That is true. Which is why, yeah. which is why we once, which is why it punches above its weight in the Olympics, especially the Summer Olympics, right? Like we won a lot of medals up in uh, Tokyo compared to countries that are much larger, right? Yeah. So yeah, there is that trade-off of uh, yeah. I I don't think that there's a lot of CRISPR DNA sequencing going on at tenth grade here. Yeah. Have we have we seen any sports? <laughs> Have you seen any sports startups, successful ones? There is one. I, I know of a Melbourne uh, technology startup. I can't remember it off the top of my head that, that does, uh-huh. uh, has devices that visualize the how, how athletes perform and then gives analytics on it and feedback on, on better ways to train. I can't remember their name off the top of my head. But it, but does that one. show a, a problem here that... Uh, we are really, really good at sports, but we don't have any major startups which work in the sports industry. Yeah. <laughs> that, I, think I think that's, that's a, a deep, deeper point, problem. Man. Yeah. Yeah, it's, people aren't thinking that way, right? Because it's just a mindset, right? Like, uh, why wouldn't I do that? Why wouldn't I try that? True. That's, yeah. that's really interesting. Those massive facilities in Melbourne for the tennis complex and uh, and with the NRL stadium and the soccer or the football stadium, and there could be massive startups in there. It could be a hub for 
for sports startups and nothing. True. Right. Yeah. Like what? Yeah, it's a great question that you put forward, Raj. Where are the sports tech startups? Correct. Yeah. And and again, talking about the deeper problem, is it because people do not have one? Uh, one is people are not aware of a startup uh, ecosystem, or there is no e- ecosystem, or there is no funding, or there is no education. Is there? Or we are so dependent on others that we don't really care about it. So, yeah, we need to think about it. I mean, look, startups are risky, inherently a risky thing to do. And, mm-hmm. you know, I think it's like, you know, people are, are unless, unless they have to do it, like uh, Bill Gates or Steve Jobs or whatever, I think most people don't want to do it. But out of 25 million, and if we, hmm. if we just look at the younger population, if, if we say, yes, those are the ones who are looking at starting a startup, hmm. um, many of these startups did not, in the beginning, they did not have to invest huge amounts. And we are talking about the garages startups. They started, hmm. they, uh, I think the support is missing, maybe. Yeah, agreed. And you know, the other thing that's pos- that's positive uh, and makes me wonder the same question that you've asked, which is where are they, is that Australia has a very contract um, uh, flexible labor force. Like when I first came to Australia, I worked on a contract, right? And I was like, hey, I'm going to do some other stuff. Let's write it in the to protect the IP, right? So, so people do have kind of like that, that thing where they'll work a couple different jobs, right? And they could be a dedicating some time to, you know, their own little thing. Is that wrong? No, no, I don't think that that is wrong. And I, because I worked on the contract job, so, and right, you're okay, right. right, yeah, yeah. I mean, I never, I never worked on a contract in the U.S. or Europe. Like it was always full time. You know, you got to do this. It wasn't like here's like a six month contract to try it out or part time, right? And Australia's got that type of, um, they kind of push the risk off the employer onto the employee in some way. Yeah. So the employee can spend that risk somewhere else. Yeah. I, I think one of you brought up earlier that, that maybe one of the good things that's come out of COVID is that people are taking, I've seen a lot more start, uh, small businesses, people, entrepreneurs taking a risk. I don't know if because they've been at home or because their jobs are uncertain, but I do feel like there's been a lot more small businesses and I'm excited to see where they go. I hope that becomes the norm. Correct. Yeah, I agree. Well, look, the thought of having a tech council to make Australia a technology hub is a noble one. And I think that's what we need. That's the beginning. And um, um, because people learn from, from having something in front of them. So we are creating an ecosystem and uh, having these bigger companies and successful startups to start this kind of initiative, I believe it is going to be successful because now people, kids, students, uh, unemployed people who have ideas but can't really can do anything about that because an example doesn't exist um they will be encouraged to do something 
So this is the beginning, I would say. Canva, yeah. um, your safety cultures, your uh, other you know, atlasians and all, they have started that journey. It's not uh, many years that since they started, but uh, now that we know that these are the stories, these are the case studies, we can look at them, we can read them, we can uh, learn from their experiences. So I think uh, someone has taken the first step and we just have to follow the, we have to follow those footsteps to, uh, to become successful. Yeah, that, I agree with that. I think that that's a very, um, uh, that'll turn out to be a correct way of thinking is that the um, that now we've created, Australia's created some billionaires and those billionaires have said, we know what we were missing, which was government support. Let's create a lobby group, which is gonna go in and, uh, and start moving the big pieces around, which is uh, educating people in the government and broader uh, power levers about how we need to, uh, extend and build out this part of our economy. I think you're saying that in that direction. Does that, that sound about the same Correct. kind of idea? Yeah. yeah. Well, look, if we yeah. look at um, India, India, yeah. there are... Good. Please there, go ahead. There are specific places like Bengaluru, which are very, very successful, which are like Silicon Valley. Yeah. They are mm -hmm. the startup hubs. Two days back, Paul, when I sent you the, the text message in, in the night, I think it was too late, but um, when, when I said that we need to talk, actually, I sent that because one of my, my, my cousin, my first cousin, he called me from India and told me about his cousin who was uh, slightly successful as, as an entrepreneur. And when I asked him, what is he doing? He took uh, the name he told me basically shocked me because it's a, that that's a half a billion dollar startup and so <laughs> he said well yeah my cousin is uh, yeah he's doing well and he's uh, he owns this company i said seriously and then previously paul i, I know that um, you you, had, you started something seven years ago and that is again another example right so we we are now seeing those examples here maybe tell us a little bit about that one paul that's I want to know what's this one out of India that you were talking about. <laughs> yeah, I have to admit, Roger. I want to. I want to hear. I want to hear about the ecosystem that exists, not just in India, but connects with Australia. I think that'd be really fascinating to hear about. Right. Okay. So, what is happening in Bengaluru and uh, places like Kudgaon in near Delhi and Noida near Delhi? It's uh, a lot of people. So it, it started as the outsourcing hub. But then that basically educated people, connected them with the, the cultures and they could understand what was happening. A lot of people in early 2000s, half of my friends moved to America because of uh, right before Y2K. Um, and, uh, <laughs> and, and yeah, that was, uh, that was a great uh, uh, beginning of, of the technology era for India. It was a movement. That was a movement, yes, yeah. Yeah, and when I was studying uh, technology or computer science, that was uh, not too many people were studying, but then right after there was a flood, and you see why the Indians have, uh, the Indians are so successful in, in technology. Afterwards, many 
people from America, mainly from Silicon Valley, they moved back to, to India, one, to stay connected with their roots. And second, I think uh, how the governments were providing support there. So again, we are talking, going back to uh, uh, the ecosystem. So once people started moving back, they, were, they had support, they had funding, they had uh, technology, and they had the talent available there. And uh, Bengaluru primarily, it became the technology hub. We also have Hyderabad, which is another technology hub. So in India, you will say there are more than one, well, I would say more than 10 technology hubs. Oh, right. More than yeah. 10. Yeah. Yeah. So wow. I can easily Did say you know Noida, Gurgaon, no, Noida, Gurgaon, Hyderabad, Bengaluru. And then uh, uh, there are others. I don't recall all of them now, but governments sure. are actively supporting entrepreneurs, startup founders, and not only the state governments, but the, the central government is also supporting. They are saying, make things in India, connect with other company, countries, connect with, uh, yeah. that's, yeah, sorry, go on. Okay, so, uh, so how does that ecosystem connect with the Australian tech ecosystem? Uh, like, on, how would you rate it on a scale of uh, like minus 10 to plus 10? Uh, what's the growth pattern been in the last, since you've been here, where do you see it going and how's, how's it going to evolve? Because I think India oh, is, has been a tech, we know India has been a tech powerhouse for a long time, uh, you know, and, and every technology company, if they haven't been accessing resource, people resources in India, then they, they would be losing out, right? So how does Australia and India work together in this sector? Well, if I talk about the companies I have worked for, I'm working for, then I see that uh, we have offices all over uh, in, in India, Australia. Globally, those offices are there. But if I think from a startup founder's perspective, mm. I don't see that the connection is very strong. Mm. Because it's, it's 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 nascent or very it's, very it's tiny. nascent. Yes, yeah, it's very yeah, tiny. Right. Yeah. yeah. I don't know the reason. Right. Maybe Indian entrepreneurs don't see Australia as uh, as an attractive uh, place to sell their products because maybe the Americas and other but places what, are. But what about what about because what happens is that startups and uh, and technology companies in the United States. Um, uh, uh, access the talent in India to build things, right? Uh, what about Australian grown tech companies going, hey, actually, we're kind of in the same time zone. Are you seeing any of that ecosystem? Yeah, that's interesting. No, I haven't seen that. That's a very good point. But I haven't seen that much. Because All India right. is definitely a big market. It's not only yeah. the talent, but market yeah. itself is huge, yeah. Agree. So like this article that we started talking about, the Afterpay guy, yeah. right, where um, his name is Anthony Eisen, Afterpay co-founder, wants Australia to become the head office for global tech companies. Mm -hmm. Well, I mean, if that's true, then we're accessing talent in India, right? And if we're not, then Correct. we're not a global tech. Right? Yeah. <laughs> so if we if, if that's a, if that thing is looking like a, a little thin line, that 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 line needs to become like a pipe. Right. And how's that Correct. pipe going to yeah. grow out? Yeah, yeah. I think that pipe needs to grow, and so and and that that pipe is 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 it's human relationships. 
and it's you talking to your cousin, right? <laughs> Dude, what are you doing, right? <laughs> yeah, tell me more about that. And I want to, like, yeah. Paul and I are like, tell us more, right? Yeah, how yeah, do we expand I, those relationships out? I, I right. so sadly, I, I don't think Americans know that much about mm-hmm. Australia either. Like when I talk to people back in, in the States, I, they wouldn't think of this as a, as a hub. But Paul, I, I Paul, think- you, sorry, sorry to cut you off. You remember we were talking to uh, Michael. Hey, Michael, if you're listening, that we're not saying anything wrong about you. But, <laughs> my, <laughs> but that, that was fascinating because Michael doesn't know much about Australia. And he was working for uh, a massive, uh, the big startup, I think, a very successful cybersecurity startup. They got just recently bought out by uh, Palo Alto. Oh, yes. Yeah. 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 A few billion no, dollars. It's, it's just, yeah. it's the normal thing. The Americans don't, don't know what's happening down here. Invest, uh, big investment firms don't know what's happening down here. It's, it's very rare. But I think, and it sounds like India doesn't, the startup community doesn't know what's happening down here. And, I'm afraid that it may happen across the board. Maybe Indonesia yeah. has what yeah. 200 million people. Their, their startup industry doesn't know what's going on down here. Philippines doesn't know what's going on down here. So, but how how will people know about it? Maybe our marketing is not as strong. I mean, that, that was a, that wasn't really a rhetorical question, but yes, I'm asking you. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is where Paul and I actually use this idea here, and uh, and I mentioned to Paul that uh, tomorrow morning I've got a call with uh, Tasmania's um, uh, representative in um, California. And we're going to talk about this- um, A milk uh, road. This, this, this time zone, right? Like, so if she doesn't have a name for this time zone or this, uh, this journey that we're talking about, it's more difficult for her to educate her clients about that, you know, in terms of using stories and things like that. So. Um, yeah, but I find Australia to be pretty happy the way that it is, right? Like there's a bit of a mafia here. Uh, we like it the way that it is and let's keep it pretty tight and keep it, keep it. Yeah. (laughs) You know, growth doesn't need to grow that fast. Right. Right. And and that's probably why the government or that's why the marketing is not great down here to international. Do they, do they really want to open the borders? I mean, it's, it's quite tough. The immigration policies to get down here are quite tough. I'm going through, uh, uh, I guess we've all gone through it, but uh, it's not an easy or cheap process. Oh, that's true. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, when you're digging, you know, I don't know what, how many billions of dollars of iron ore out of the ground. Um, you know, why do anything different? <laughs> Correct. Yeah. Um, and it's only maybe kind of people that don't have a choice because that's not my line of business. Like, I, 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 you know, I have no interest in doing that. You know, I'm much more focused on the tech side of things. And, and, uh, and you know, so, yeah, I, I feel like a bit of fish out of water. Uh, yeah. In this, which I'm sure you did too, back in 2010, yeah. Which yeah. is why he started his do, doing the meetups and uh, yes. different events. And I mean, Correct. that's why when we came down here, Adam, we joined up on Startup Tasmania. That's why I started the Bernie Innovation yeah, Hub is because we see this gap and we don't like it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this gap. 
And so, and you guys, are you guys both still focused on cyber? Are you focused on cyber, Raj? Uh, somewhat, but I'm more focused yeah. on cloud as well. Cloud. Yes, because my, my, yeah, my work, um, uh, basically that, that is focused on cloud and um, so Microsoft Azure and uh, of course cybersecurity is an important aspect of cloud. So yeah, yeah. that is. How do you not deal and with that, cyber? That whole even if you aren't whole... a, if you're not even a tech company or if you don't consider yourself a tech company, everybody needs to be focusing on cyber. Correct. Yeah, I, th yeah. I, think, I think that's actually, Paul, correct me if I'm wrong and, and obviously Raj too. Uh, I think what we're seeing right now is that Australia is making a move um, into tech. Uh, that move, like most, is in um, in money oriented, so after pay. And then the next move is actually defensive, which is cyber, right? So instead of a growth mindset, it's more like safety first. We got to start protecting our networks. So I think we're seeing a big spend on defense. Is that wrong? I don't think so. This is uh, this is wrong. Defense is important, right? But you do yeah. mention growth mindset. I would say that that's not a fair comparison there because cybersecurity is extremely important these days. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So we are focusing, which is which is the right focus. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. I mean, if you're going to build a network, it needs to be secure. Absolutely. Yeah. Right. Like because you know the um, yeah the amount of value that can you know, disappear overnight is, you can't Correct. really calculate yeah. in there. Yeah. Yeah. All your IP, your brand, everything. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. So, hey, I mean, we're it. seeing. That, that's been told. So that, that's, that's a cautionary tale. You, you have many companies down here, big ones that are just, you know, have gone through it and not have been on, right. have been on yeah. the receiving end of, of that, the tax. Right. Yeah. 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 Yeah, so uh, so I think we're seeing, I mean, that message must ring true in the government and uh, I think we're seeing that already. And we're already seeing some spend in that area, right, Paul? With uh, in, even in Tasmania with Project Lab going to, um, you know, doing these uh, these rollouts, right? Oh, yeah, there, there's federal dollars uh, at, at work. Um, I, I've come across uh, several new uh, cybersecurity companies down here. Uh, entrepreneurs who are starting uh, cybersecurity companies, which is great. It's great to see. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah. it is. Yeah. And I think all yeah, of that basically supports the, um, uh, that, that supports becoming a global tech hub that we are providing yeah, an ecosystem. Yeah. yeah, you have to build the security first, right? Like you can't, yeah, you can't be like a sieve and everybody can come in and be like, that's a great hub, but like, <laughs> right, yeah. But that if you want to talk about having so I, i've heard many times that it takes to have a good entrepreneurship you have to have struggle and, and things down here are too good and that's why the u.s everybody struggles there and that's why you have a lot of people taking risks to try to get ahead and to be yeah, honest with you true. we are we have been on the struggle bus for cyber for ages like ever since i think the really big uh, watershed moment was when the bomb and they found out that there was intrusions all over the place so that, that was a, a really big, oh, oh no, we need to start really thinking about this. And that was years ago, but there's, there's the struggle right there. That there was the moment right. yeah. of, oh, oh, we are in a bad situation. Now we have to try to figure it out. 
Yeah. But hopefully it's not too late on that end. <laughs> no, I don't think that, that we, it's, it's too late because we are already, yeah. yeah, making progress in that, that, uh, in that front. And um, with all these global tech companies investing in Australia, coming to Australia, supporting the uh, ecosystem. Um, I think we are on the right path. Me too. Yeah. 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 I think people are waking up to the fact that, um, that this time zone is more valuable than they used to think it was commercially. And that we're seeing, and I think that move by, I mean, I could be wrong, but I think the move by Dorsey with Squared to come in and pluck something out is proof that somebody sees it. So um, I, I, I could talk all night, which you probably could tell. I think what I'd like to suggest is to give you guys the last word. Uh, Paul, why don't you go first? Raj, uh, wrap it up and then we'll say uh, thank you to everybody for, um, uh, well, thank you both for, for spending your time and sharing your thoughts about, uh, you know, about this idea that there is a time zone that's becoming more important and that we work in it. And, uh, you know, um, how do we, you know, survive and grow with the journey? So Paul, do you want to kind of, uh, I'll leave you and Raj with the last word and then we'll say goodnight. Yeah, Raj, thanks so much for joining us. I can't wait to see you in person again and uh, uh, always love hearing your thoughts on, on these subjects and so many more. Oh, thanks. Um, thanks, Paul and Adam. And I really enjoy talking to both of you. And uh, look, I think we are on the right path, as I said previously, and uh, can't wait to see Australia as the global tech hub. So thank you very much for your time. And Paul, yes, definitely. Whenever it opens, whenever lockdown is over, we will catch up and thanks to our listeners That's, as well yeah. yeah agreed thanks uh thanks to you guys thanks to people listening and we'd love to hear what they think and how they're executing this vision that's been laid out by you know successful people which is australia is going to be a global tech hub so thank you thank you both for that um, thank you, and i'll wish every yeah. wish everybody and we'll uh, we'll, we'll talk later thank you